Today, my guest on Personally Speaking is Victor Starsky, an amazing tenor, great opera singer. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Gimlesanti, and tenor Victor Starsky joins me now. Victor is a native of Queens, New York City, where he has worked as a teacher, as a martial artist, and as a professional musician. He was a participant in the 2019 Marola Opera Program and a 2020 San Francisco Opera Adler Fellow. Victor performed the role of Lieutenant B.F. Pinkerton in Madame Butterfly with Long Island Opera, and made his role debut as the Duke in Verdi's Rigoletto at Opera Modesto. In February 2020, Victor performed the role of Don Jose in his company debut with Opera Tampa. Opera Today wrote, quote, Victor Starsky's Don Jose is terrifying and compelling with a voice that performs vocal acrobatics with strength and beauty that remains undiminished through his final line. Victor Starsky made his Carnegie Hall debut in 2019 as the tenor soloist in Hayden's Lord Nelson's Mass. He's married to Augusta, and together they're the parents of Inanna. He's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, his family, and his faith, the values that mean the most to him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome again to Personally Speaking, the incredibly talented tenor, Victor Starsky. Before we go to our interview, let's listen to Victor singing a song he wrote called alive wish i could show you all of the ways that you saved my life I, you are everything to me with you i'll always be Our guest is Victor Starsky. Victor, I have to begin this interview by asking you, uh, you are this uh, star catcher of a voice, a super talented guy, but that's why it's kind of like, it almost sounds like a made up name that your name should be Victor Starsky. Tell us something about this name Starsky. Where does it come from? Well, my father, um, my father was born Victor Stryharsky. Um, my mother was born ah. Paula Palumbo. Okay. Um, so over the course of their lives, I think they felt that they needed to 
um, redefine who they were as people. So I'm actually the firstborn Starsky. I'm the only Starsky on uh, the birth certificate in my family. And my daughter, our firstborn, she is the second trueborn Starsky. So we are, um, we're almost uh, popping out of, out of nowhere in the family tree. Now, now daddy's original name, uh, Russian background? Russian, uh, Russian, Ukrainian, we believe we've done a little bit of research on the, um, the genealogy of the family, but it's unknown. A lot of the family came to the United States about two generations ago, three generations ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a hodgepodge of the, um, of the Slavic countries on my father's side. And his mother was Irish, 100%. So wow. we have uh, what a interesting combination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Palumbo family, when you trace it back in Italy, do you know where in Italy they come from? We have family currently that lives in Eboli, but our um, our main hubs appear to be Naples and Sicily. Okay. So I say that I say that with my foot in my mouth because if you tell a Sicilian that they're from Italy, then you know, then you're in big trouble. <laughs> they, they tend to disagree. Ha- Some years ago, I had the opportunity to travel south to Ferendina in the province of Potenza in the state of Basilicata, mm. which is where the Losantis came from three generations ago. And it wow. was great. Have you had a chance to go back to any of your, your roots and see the places you came from? I had, I had the uh, amazing opportunity to go to Rome in, okay. um, I think it was 2010 with my mother and father for their 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, that's great. Uh, it was a beautiful trip. And I sang in Italy uh, 2018. It was a couple of months after my daughter was born. And I sang in this beautiful, um, very, very small town. Uh, outside of Perugia called Narni. It's where, um, who was the author of the Chronicles of Narnia? Uh, remind me, please, because I can't remember Tolkien? his name. Tolkien? It, it, uh, Tolkien? Oh, no, no, it wasn't. Not Tolkien. Um, he was a priest, actually, wasn't he? It wasn't. Uh, we're not talking about uh, the fellow we interviewed last week. Uh, you know, the, the, the guy who was the, the most reluctant convert. Oh, C.S. Lewis? No. C.S. Lewis? Lewis, exactly. C.S. Lewis, yes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So he visited this town, which is a almost um, completely preserved first century Roman uh, village. It's like you can see the aqueducts, the cobblestones, the housing. It's just unbelievable. It's like stepping back in time. And I went there to sing La Traviata in their, in their Teatro Comunale. It was an unbelievable experience. So cool. I, I've had the opportunity to hear you sing in Italian, obviously, uh, slices of opera. I mentioned that because uh, your Italian is so excellent. Did you grow up with Italian or did you teach yourself? Uh, I grew up with, I guess what you would call a dialectical Italian, an Italian-American that was a smashing together of Brooklynese, uh, Sicilian Neapolitan uh, gobbledygook, which was basically what I heard growing up. And when I went for my first Italian class, my parents actually did send me to study Italian for a little while when I was younger. Uh, when I went for my first Italian class, almost everything I knew did not exist in the textbooks. So I had mm-hmm. to relearn and uh, refine my my Italian. And now I've had the opportunity to study at length. Um, and it's a really incredible opportunity to just really feel that language in your body and to think in it, to speak in it. It's um, one of my, I think one of the things I'm most grateful for in life is just other languages. It's so much fun. Our guest is Victor Sarsia. Victor, many, many years ago, I had the opportunity to work in Richmond Hill, Queens, New York, uh, directing plays at Holy Child Jesus Parish. And I mention it because 
in terms of the arts, it wasn't a neighborhood that produced a whole lot of artists. Um, I think uh, my one claim to fame back then is Tommy Calabro, who went on to star in Melrose Place on TV, uh, was one of my uh, one of my brothers and Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I mention that because you come from a world and a, a neighborhood where the idea that someone would go into the world of the arts, specifically opera, uh, you had to kind of been a, a lone wolf in terms of uh, someone in your set, your group, your friends growing up who had this particular gift and went on to develop it. Uh, is that true? Or were you, in fact, surrounded by lots of people who went into the arts? Uh, you know, it, it's a funny thing because I, I have felt both, um, both sides of that coin. I feel... Um, very blessed personally to have parents that have always invested in me and you know them well, how, you know, how wonderful they are. And they've always given me the opportunity to study, to learn, to be available, to grow in that talent, which mm. is almost impossible to do, especially now um, without support, because it isn't a field where you make a lot of money and it's not a field where a lot of people make it. So um, I, I have, was given the opportunity to study. I had, several years experience working uh, as a child singer and then as a commercial singer and then singing uh, heavy metal. I've done um, a lot of rock and roll projects in my teens and the band that I really thought was going to go somewhere um, broke up. Mm. I was really crushed and I was just entering college at St. John's university at the time for philosophy. So I went to a local construction company. I began to work for Holy child Jesus. They were renovating the rectory <laughs> And um, I would sing to pass the time. And I was singing in a stairwell one day and a gentleman came up the stairs and he said, you have a really nice voice. And I said, oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, who are you? And he happened to be the organist from the next uh, parish over who was filling in for the day. Uh, he asked me to come and audition for the cantor's job, gave me the job with the provision that I would take lessons and learn to read music. Mm -hmm. That gentleman just happened to be a student of Vladimir Horowitz, the famous pianist, sure. and uh, lived, still lives three blocks away and has opened not only my life to the classical music world, but also has shown me these little nooks and crannies of our neighborhood that housed some of the most renowned musicians like um, Joseph Levine, for example, lived in Kew Gardens and their house has a plaque on it. Uh, Mae West lived here in Woodhaven. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield comes from the Austin Lefferts Boulevard area. The Ramones are, are from this town. So we have wow. these weird, um, we have these uh, weird fruits that kind of come out of this neighborhood and um, I'm proud to be one of them, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, yeah. now, let's go back to the, the family story for a second. Again, sure. uh, in my experience, most parents love when their kids have avocations uh, like mm. music or the arts or acting. But to do it for real, for life, is, is a little bit frightening because every parent wants their child to have uh, security. So yeah. your parents' reaction, uh, Paula and Victor, to say... Yeah, we're going to support this kid in his journey in the arts. Highly unusual. What went mm. into that decision of theirs to say, if this is satisfying to him and gives his life meaning, we're all for it? I mean, I think the greatest blessing in my life is the people that I was born to. You know, they've mm. always been extremely generous, loving, and selfless of, and caring of me. Um, and when I was young, um, uh, at seven years old, I started doing commercial work and, uh, you know, through a series of, you know, always happenstance kind of events, which seems to be kind of how I wind up in things all over left and right. 
Um, and when I would get work, uh, they would they would defer to me. Even when I was really little, they would say, do you want to do it? Um, you can always tell us when you want to stop. And that was that kind of love, that kind of respect is so uh it's such a treasure and you know for every year after including you know college uh when i chose to drop out of music school uh without a degree because i was getting roles Mm -hmm. and my career and my uh scholastic time were kind of warring with each other the school was warring with me to stay in school but i knew that i had to jump on the resume train and just build and build and build in order to get somewhere um, they never stood in my way. They, they always deferred to my intuition. And as my mom has always said, he marches to the beat of a different drum. So I mm-hmm. think they understand that I am not, uh, I am not for the cookie cutter, yeah. um, you know, uh, system. And they just have always respected that. So for that, I think I'm going to be grateful and, you know, beholden to them for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but even now, as you know, with the way things are, uh, there is not much support um, it, for me to get out of the arts. I'm very, very lucky to still be working with that gentleman, the pianist that I mentioned mm-hmm. uh, at St. Thomas the Apostle in Woodhaven. We work every weekend at the church. I sing four masses a weekend, if not more. Wow. Um, that's an amazing opportunity just to be able to sing, uh, have, have a service opportunity to give to the community with the voice. I teach music. Um, I also have, I've created this system of being able to teach people how to use their bodies as instruments and teach them not only, uh, physical fitness and preparedness for the stage, but how to create a mind body connection. So I've grown some of my ability to, to take care of myself and now my family, uh, with what I've learned out of life. And I think they were afraid for me this past year when I started again, making some, interesting choices, uh, you know, not to subject myself to things I didn't want to be subjected to and the same for my family. Uh, and you know, the job stopped coming. So I was able to not only continue with the other, you know, side projects that I have, but also invest in craftsmanship. I've done some maintenance, some handiwork, carpentry, painting, you know, just, I love Da Vinci, right? Leonardo Da Vinci was a man of many abilities and always kept his, you know, eight limbs flying and doing different things. And, uh, you know, I think as long as I'm alive and healthy, they're okay. They continue to pray for me and just make sure (laughs) that I know I'm loved (laughs) and that I always have a place to come home to. They're, they're the best. They really are. I know Victor Stark is, is our guest. Victor Starsky is our guest. Victor, um, years ago, I read the autobiography of, um, of Catherine Hepburn, the wonderful actress. And, uh, Mm. And she addresses the question of uh, family life and says, mm. uh, as, as an actor, as an artist, she said, uh, we are fundamentally selfish people. And she said, mm. I, I know I am too selfish to have been a good wife or a good mother. Therefore, I didn't marry. I didn't have children. Uh, you are an artist and you have chosen to be both a married man and a daddy. Um, how in the world does one balance uh, raising up a career in the arts and also raising up a family? I think that I think that the fatherhood aspect, you know, my my daughter now deferring to her in the way that my parents deferred to me is the best hope and balance I could ever have. Because (laughs) if I just if I just, you know, they're so beautiful. Right. You know, children are just the the most pure and and wonderful aspect of life, in my opinion, just seeing seeing children express joy 
and seeing them learn and, you know, letting them feel loved and safe. I mean, what is more important than that? I don't know. And I've been doing the music thing. You know, a lot of people haven't really been in the arts for as long as I have. And I don't mean to say that to be proud. I just, I've been doing it for 23 years. So, right. you know, that's longer than most. Most people have to wait until they're about in their mid twenties to even start their career. But I've had right. the long haul perspective of this will come, this will go, it will change form. It will have, you know, the opportunities will sometimes be there and sometimes they won't. So mm -hmm. when you find yourself kind of lonely um, and searching for meaning in life. Um, when I found myself in that place, I, I prayed very heavily. I actually asked my grandmother, you know, um, when, by the time I was about 24 years old, I hit, hit a wall with my selfish living. Mm. And uh, I was really doing a number on myself and a lot of other people. So I prayed pretty hard. And I asked my grandmother, you know, what's it all about? She said, give it over to God and let him, let him guide you. So on that path, which unfolded in, in many complex ways, I realized that I had to ask for a vocation. And I asked God if he wanted me to serve in some type of um, clerical way. You made a joke about my, my monastic beard, but I really did think about joining <laughs> an order. I thought about maybe joining the Benedictines for some time. And um, I said, either tell me if I should be a uh, man of the cloth or tell me if I should be a father. And God told me that I should be a father. And I met my now wife and we got pregnant within eight months of meeting each other. And our beautiful daughter was born in 2018. And ever since then, it's like, as long as I have work that provides for them, mm -hmm. that's all I really care about. I, I don't particularly want to be famous. I don't want to fly around and uh, chase after it anymore because it gets tiresome and it you become a servant to it it doesn't necessarily serve me so i have now the opportunity to rebalance and re uh rethink how i want my center to be and i chose i choose my family every day to be that center for me yeah. and as long as i keep it there uh what I should do with my career becomes really obvious. And mm -hmm. I don't regret that in any way. I think there are some parents in the arts that, that would back me up on that, but it takes a different, takes a different perspective to be able to get to that point. Victor, um, you, you, I think I've shared this with you before that it's my habit to uh, uh, most weekends celebrating weddings to find out why, like of the billions of people that person could marry. Why is this the one when you look back on the relationship with your wife, Augusta, why, why did you know uh, there might be a, a, another billion women out there I could marry, but this is the one God intended for me? How does one know? It's a great question. And I think I could probably learn a little bit from you about, you know, how other people have spoken about it. Uh, I met my wife backstage at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> I had taken like a year and a half off from singing at at this point in my life. And it was around this time I was telling you about looking for meaning. Mm -hmm. And um, the first gig I got back was Carnegie Hall. So, you know, I'm, I'm backstage. I, I walk through the doors and I see this woman um, standing all the way at the far end of the hall. And she's kind of got this bluish 
aura about her. I kid you not. I mean, I, I was looking at her and I was so attracted to this shine that was coming out of her from the inside. Um, and at that time I had been kind of practicing, I had been practicing something that I, that I heard of called chastity of the eyes, where you try not to look at a person physically, you look at them mm -hmm. here to see, to try to see more about what's inside. Right. I, I, uh, I, I had definitely been misled physically in my life and was looking for something deeper. So I see this person and I see this thing radiating out of her and I just found myself standing in front of her and we started a conversation and that conversation, I don't really even remember what it was about, but I just remember being so drawn to her. And uh, I tried to ask her out on a date that night and she was totally disinterested. So, <laughs> About a month later, I found out that she had recommended me for an audition. I went in, I auditioned, I got the part, and I, I texted her and I said, um, thank you for recommending me. I got the part. Can I thank you by taking you out to dinner? I took her out to dinner. Uh, we've been together ever since. Our relationship from that point on was heavily long distance because we were both, we, she, she was also an artist. She sang at the Metropolitan Opera and mm -hmm. we were both gigging for long periods of time. And it was, it was a time where I got to invest in her uh, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, but not physically. I was trying to seek the soul in this person and connect my soul to her soul without need of physical comfort or attention. Right. right. And, um, I said, you know, God, if you really want me to be with this person, just show me. And um, we wound up conceiving our daughter. You know, we are, we're actually okay with having a child. We discussed it together. And, and um, you know, when our daughter was conceived, she said to me, you know, I'm going to have this baby. You don't have to stay. Huh. And I said, I'm absolutely going to stay. We're going <laughs> to do this. Yeah. And I won't lie to you, it, you know, there's been a lot of work and a lot of rough times, mm -hmm. um, but there is no person in the world that I would rather have by my side to walk this life with. Uh, she makes me a better man. My, my children with her make me a better man. She gives meaning to my life and she is such an incredible woman. And um, I don't know how you find these people, but I do believe that if you put the work in and you try, Mm -hmm. And the example set by my parents will show that something really beautiful can grow from it. And uh, I just, I choose her every day, you know. Victor, I'm not, uh, I'm not a dad. I'm a very devoted uncle, but I'm not a dad. But I hear all the time from parents that uh, they are surprised, shocked, actually, by the capacity they find they have for love once the child comes into their life. Inanna is in your life. You have another baby on the way. I mentioned that. Were you surprised by how deeply, how overwhelmingly you have found love for that child in your heart? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've also found that uh, I have to work at being worthy of this child so much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you make these plans to say you're going to be the best parent, and I have definitely not been. But my love for her is so strong. Um, and, you know... The question really always is, if I love her this much, what am I willing to do? Mm -hmm. What can I make better in myself? What does she need? You know, what don't I need to be doing? What, yeah. what do I need to work on in myself? And that love is such a guiding force towards 
making making a better version of me. It's that crucible that really uh, refines a human being. And man, I did I not only the love, but I never knew just how screwed up I was. And <laughs> you know, to try to to try to just be worthy of this love, to be worthy of this this beautiful gift um, is. I don't think I'll get there, but I'm always going to try. And because of who she is, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I will always have purpose. I will always have a reason to wake up and work hard and do my best, you know? You know, there's, um, uh, I've seen Victor Sarsky uh, perform opera pieces and, uh, you know, he, he has a great sense of the nuance and the complexity of, of the best of opera. But then I've had the privilege of uh, seeing videos of Victor playing with his daughter and uh, where he becomes childlike himself. And I'm reminded of uh, that line from Bernstein's mask, God is the simplest of all. And, wow. Uh, it's wonderful oh, to man. see. <laughs> oh, that got me good. Thank you. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the truth. Thank you. Victor Starsky has been our guest. We saw at the beginning of our program, uh, Victor wrote and sang the song Alive. Victor, for folks who listen and watch a program like ours, to learn more about Victor Starsky, is there a website or a place online where they might find more about what you do and how you sing? Well, at the moment, I've kind of recessed into the uh, into the non-technological world. <laughs> the video that you've shown um, is my first coming back into uh, into the light after some time, and my plan and my hope is to. Uh, publish an album of Good. original music that is, you know, that just comes from me. Something that's really important to me. And I'm working on it now with a very close friend of mine, also a father. And I will be putting that up on my channel, which is Victor Starsky on YouTube. Okay. Uh, I will also hopefully be performing opera in the near future. Good. And my agent, um, uh, Peter Ransman of Ransman Artist Management has the opportunity to publicize for me. So anything that I do in the opera world will come from Ransman Artist Management. But if you are interested in something that is more personal and um, coming from the source, uh, that will be found through the YouTube and maybe eventually uh, albums on electronic websites such as Bandcamp and such. Good. I thank Victor Starsky for being with us. I thank him for who he is, what he does. I thank him for being this terrific daddy and husband and son and grandson. And Victor, many blessings to you. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, sir. God bless you. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get past programs as well as our current programs on YouTube by going to Personally Speaking with Monsignor Gilmasanti. Please don't forget to click like and subscribe. You can also find our shows at personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com or www.closeencountertv.com or www.ollmp.org. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Gilmasanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. I want to thank, if I can, uh, all of those involved in the support of Personally Speaking. I'm, I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.